0: Hey guys, Mike here in past, present, and future versions. This isn't me using a podcast editing sidestep. This is me speaking as the co host of this podcast and president of Inroads Ministries. Before we get started with this episode, I wanted to throw up a quick message. We went back and forth on this one. We felt like we needed to talk about what was going on with Gen Con's big announcement and what was going on in Indiana. Because other people were talking about it, and we knew we'd bring a different perspective to the table. However, we were worried about what it means to step into this, so I wanted to make something perfectly clear. Inroads Ministries has no formal stance on any of this, nor do we plan on making one. We are a collection of gamers who love God, but we cover a broad range of backgrounds, denominations, and experiences. This is Luke and I talking about what we think about this. And while our voices do hold a lot of weight on the board, we're just two voices among everybody that makes up inroads. You are welcome to leave a comment here on this episode of the podcast. However, really, comment sections like this are part of the issue because it's really easy to not put a face on a comment. And it's really easy to push aside a comment. I'm gonna be at Gen Con. And I'm going to be in the middle of this. And I'm going to be at a booth that says Christian Gamers Guild and Fans for Christ. And I'm going to be demoing games and talking to game developers. And just wandering the floor as somebody, just like everyone else there, who loves games. I would love to put a face with your comment. I'd love to be able to shake your hand and talk and to get to know you. So I hope that you will listen to this entire episode. And... I really hope that I can see you at Gen Con so we can talk about it more. That's all I need to say in this message, and I hope that you guys enjoy it, even if you're for, against, or confused by the fact that we're tackling this topic.
1: Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits. This is episode 98 of the show, where we talk about board games, role-playing games, and of course... Our spiritual lives. My name is Luke Navarro, and my name is Mike Perna. Dude, we've got like the flood of stuff
0: to talk about. Normally, we, we start off with the, the witty banter. Uh, we're gonna be like, do, do we have time for witty banter today? Yeah, I think we're gonna have to go banterless.
1: <laughs> you know, we've got masses of news, and we have controversy.
0: And who doesn't love controversy more than the internet's? Oh, the internets loves itself a controversy, and, and who are we, being people on the internets, to not address it? So, before we jump into all of the news, I do
1: have one little bit of banter-ish stuff that I want to throw out there. Okay. Because it's awesome. And that is, my copy of Star Wars Armada arrived today. Nice. That's fantastic. Two quick first impressions. One, biggest box ever the box is humongous.
0: Well, yeah, it's got to hold all those minis.
1: well, and it's it, it's 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 kind of big in terms of its footprint, but it's also massively tall, like thick. it's very strange and the second observation is some assembly required. <laughs> emphasis <Okay>. on some. <laughs> okay. So, you know, look, hey, every time we get a new game, right? We we got to spend a little bit of time popping out the the tokens and things like that. So, first off, Fantasy Flight loves them some tokens. Oh, yeah, they do. Okay. There are tokens in the game. I can't even figure out what they're for. They're there. I think they're just there in case you need more tokens. But also, you have to do all the the assembly on all the cool parts including the the uh, the great little movement tool they've got going there, and of course all of the miniatures you have to assemble. It took me an hour <laughs> to assemble this game.
0: Oh man! That said,
1: I'm super excited. I'm going to game night tomorrow. I'm going to bring it, and I hope there's somebody who's ready to throw down with me. We'll see. Um, so yeah, that's my little bit of gaming
0: news. I will I will yeah. toss in my little short. What's this? Because you know, I, there's almost part of me that feels like I I will develop some form of tick if i don't do banter uh i will say that i have i have two games coming in myself oh yes one was a pre-order i mentioned before called specter ops from the guys at plaid hat uh i just got an email today saying it they finally let it into the, the country it's finally here and that it should should be shipping out within the next couple weeks so i'm super excited to to see that there have been some guys who have been putting out YouTube videos and Let's Plays of this game, and I want to get it in my grubby little hands. I will also say that because of the good people at Cool Stuff, Inc. having an amazing daily sale, XCOM, the board game, will soon be mine.
1: Oh, nice!
0: I can't wait to hear about that. XCOM, that actually is coming to me Like right now. It's on its way from Florida right now. And uh, I hope to get that played as soon as possible, pretty much the day I receive it. From what I've heard, it will take some people who are, you know, this is not for passive people, this is not for passive gamers, because it is a little bit of rules, memorization, and getting into this game. But I hear
1: the app is really good at teaching you how to play.
0: It's got a tutorial, like an in-app tutorial. The downside is, is that there are no paper instructions. But we'll get into that later when eventually I played this game, and we'll right. have more to talk about that. But super excited that you know the planets have aligned, and I've got new games coming in, even though the budget only barely had room for it.
1: Well, very cool. So the reason we have so much news rolling in this week uh, is simple. We uh, since the last time we recorded, there's a show called Gamma. I don't know what Gamma stands for, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Now, this show, though, is very different than most of the shows we talk about on this show. Uh, you know, we'll talk about, well, let's say Gen Con, because you're there. We have a presence there. It is a huge gamer event and a little bit of a uh, foreshadowing. We'll be talking about Gen Con later in the show, folks. Yes, really. Um But Gen Con, Origins, uh, BGG Con, Essen... These are all conventions that are essentially for the fans. Gamma is more of a trade show. So this is where you go if you have a friendly local game store.
0: If you are the purveyor of a friendly local game store.
1: Right. Or maybe you are in the business in some way or another. And so the, the good news about that is, while we don't get to see all kinds of cool videos of people playing games and things like that, we don't have any rushes of mad purchasing, we do get information from these companies about their upcoming lines. And so we thought we'd do one of our famous 5 times 2 and count down what we thought was the most significant news from Gamma. Now I don't know about you, Mike, but for me, um, I kind of, I kind of made this in terms of significance. But there's a very heavy level of interesting to me
0: on this list. I'm not gonna lie, there's stuff on here that's not interesting to anyone but me. <laughs> <laughs> so I will totally admit that, and I don't really care because I'm super excited about the five things I put on my list.
1: Very cool. Well, I'll tell you what, what is the number five? item on your list
0: to start us off on the train of things I like being turned into board games because as we go down this line you'll see a trend The good people at Cryptozoic announced that well they didn't announce it this is a game that has been in the works for a while that they are taking the portal computer game and turning it into a board game experience and Mike's brain blows up I'm super excited about this because I love portal I think it's uh, one of the most unique experiences I've had in a long time playing computer games. It was one of the first games that made me actually like run out and try and tell people, you need to experience this game. So the fact that it's going to be potentially a cool board game makes me excited. They released all the, the pieces, all the little bits. And yes, there's a cake. and it's that, a lie. That made me giggle. And it, it looks almost like you're collecting pieces of the cake, which, again, made me giggle. And all the, the normal things are there, the turrets, the bots that were there for Portal 2, uh, a lot of cool things. They, they, as far as I know, they just showed the, the the bits itself. That's why it's number five. I have no idea what the gameplay looks like yet, but looking at that, the little plastic pieces made me excited. I can't wait to see how they do. Yeah, this is one of those ones that you just look at and go, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea if it's going to be great or awful. I remember when we first started talking about XCOM being a thing, we are like, I don't know if it's going to be great or awful. So I'm curious to see how they make the transition. Very cool. Luke, what's your five? My
1: number five is a game from a company I love, with an IP I love, with a format and mechanics that I love that I am not going to buy and I think will be a total flop.
0: (laughs) Okay. I did not see that second part coming. I'm really curious now.
1: And that is a game called Tail Feathers by Hat
0: Games. Really? Because I'm not going to... Spoiler! That was my number four.
1: Okay. Well, so we're both going to discuss it then. Um... So, what Tailfeathers is, is a game set in the world of Mice and Mystics. And we have talked extensively about Mice and Mystics, but just in case you're new to the show, uh, Mice and Mystics is a role playing light board game uh, in which you play mice, little uh, princes and kings and wizards and whatnot that have been shrunken down into mice form and must battle things that mice have to battle, most notably rats, but there's also spiders and centipedes and cockroaches and things like that, and you're playing through a a dungeon crawl, essentially, but it is a beautiful story that drives the campaign, an incredible family game, a great uh, entry into role-playing games. So this game is set in the world of Mice and Mystics. However, it plays out like games like X-Wing or
0: uh, D&D's uh, Attack Wing. If that doesn't make sense to you, you the Mice... At, I don't know what the the transition story-wise is. I don't know if this happens before or after the whole uh, Mice and Mystics game itself, but this is basically the mice are riding birds and are right. pretty much jou- – that's that's where the tail feathers come in. And uh, this is another one where a lot hasn't been revealed yet, but it's basically tactical combat.
1: Right. It's a tacticals, tactical miniatures game, which I love. Okay, Now, the reason I put this on my list is because I love the idea of Plaid Hat especially, the Mice and Mystics franchise especially – doing a Tactical Minis game that will be an introduction for families. That said, I think the Tactical Minis market is a little bit overrun right now, and I'm afraid that this game is not going to catch on in the way that others have. That said, if they put out a solid base set where you really don't need more to play, and enjoy the game
0: for the long term. I think that might be a good investment for a lot of families. See, I think that obviously the the news is kind of slow going. They're a while from getting this out. Uh, I've seen uh, some of the prototypes of the minis. Uh, the guy, the designer, actually put it out on Twitter uh, pictures of what the minis look like. They look gorgeous.
1: All of the minis in the Mice and Mystic line
0: are beautiful. Oh yeah, so. I think that I think if they were going to do it like X-wing, like Star Trek, like we're going to put out, you know, X number of ships and have waves, of, I think that would fail. I don't think there's enough to maintain that. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you
1: what bothered me. It was in their presentation, they said they're going to wait and see how the base set does before they decide to put energy into expansions. Right. Now, that could, to me could mean one of two things. A really full base set, I think that'll be great. Or a base set like, let's be honest, X-Wing. Okay, X-Wing's base set, it's fine for about two or three plays. Right. Then you're bored, and you need to buy more. That's why the waves come out almost immediately. And if it comes out like that,
0: I think it's going to be a real disappointment. I, I would agree. I do think, I'm hoping, based on just past experience with Plathat. Hat, I have, I have hope that what they're going to do is just have a really solid in-the-box experience and right. then kind of do what dissent and then having like, oh, you liked that. Here's three more guys.
1: Right, right. If well, you want. <laughs> and so I did a lot like you did. I put this one as five because there's still a lot of questions right to be answered about this particular one. All right. Well, we know what your number four. Was. My number four so is I... tail
0: feathers. I was it. It hopped up. I think probably it got the four spot over portal because it's plaid hat. So, <laughs> but what about yours, Luke? What's your four?
1: My four is, believe it or not, a game that's on Kickstarter right now by a company called Artana, who I have never heard about, heard of before. Um, I think the game actually. Ends either today or tomorrow on Kickstarter as we uh, are recording, and it has met its goal because, of course, these days anybody who puts a goal on Kickstarter puts the goal super low. But it is a game called Tesla versus Edison War of the Currents. Now, this game is exactly what it sounds like. You are playing as one of the major. Figures in the early electrical industry. So you can play as Tesla, you can play as Edison, but there are a handful of others whom you have to be an uber nerd to know about. But the game looks like, part of the game board looks an awful lot like a sort of stylized Victorian power grid. However, there's a lot of things added onto the game. Whereas power grid, you're just buying and selling power plants in this game you are working more in terms of developing technology so you're developing your ac technology and your dc technology you have to decide which one of those do you want to go in and then you can do pr either pro or con for ac or dc so you can do things like electrocute an elephant and show that your opponent's uh form of power is dangerous and nobody would want to do that well here's where things get really crazy is that there is a stock market on top of this so you can actually invest in your opponent's businesses and when you buy and sell your stock in your opponent's business can have a dramatic effect on their cash flow and on their value a uh, really really interesting game. From all of the reviews and early editions that I've seen, they say that these three things—the the PR, the map, and the stock market—function really tightly together. And I love this kind of game. Uh, you know, this kind of—it's a national map, and you're trying to win territory, and you know, you're, you're working on it, and it's such a cool. Uh, theme. Uh, I think this one is uh, this one's on my really really want to watch this one. And if it turns out to be good, I want to pick it up.
0: Yeah, I I will say that probably the only reason that one didn't get on my list is because of the fact that I heard about it before I I even thought about what Gamma was getting announced. So okay. that was that was the only re- like I I had followed that Kickstarter. I mean, obviously I do steampunk stuff. So Tesla versus Edison. Every fiber of my being said, what, what's, what's this? And uh, that was the only reason it didn't make my list. The game looks fantastic and it looks really interesting. And it's definitely one that I would be looking for too. All right.
1: So what is your number uh, three? Yeah.
0: Three. Another thing that you're going to know about what I'm, I'm doing, the other trend, not only is it things that I like that become board games, it's also that there's very little information yet. These were big reveals. Like, they literally just revealed that this was going to happen, and they didn't put much out, else out there. And and again,
1: remember the nature of this show is these are businesses announcing their business plan. Right. Right.
0: I'm going to tell you that I wanted to put a card game on here. Okay. Part of me wanted to talk about uh, AEG and the, the first Pine Box for... for uh, I left that off my list because I assumed you would talk about it. (laughs) No, I I didn't. You want to know why? Because, again, it's fantastic. But it's everybody knew it was happening. But everyone knew it was happening. It was announced a long time ago. It was not new to Gamma. So I didn't. And then the good people at IDW announced that they had picked up not one, but two important pieces of intellectual property from film and television the first one i will kind of use to build up is orphan black Mm -hmm. which any sci-fi nerd out there who doesn't know about orphan black you need to fix that uh i will not spend a large amount of time going through the awesomeness of that uh that show but basically the short version is is that There's a woman who sees somebody who looks exactly like her and finds out that it actually is. She is a clone, and she is not the only clone. And all of these clones come together, and to not go into huge amounts of plotline, madness ensues. It is brilliantly done. The woman who acts in it is amazing. It is the darling of sci-fi nerds pretty much everywhere. And they're turning it into a card game. And I have no idea how it plays. I have no idea what it's going to look like. But I'm excited to look at that, that game just because of that. Now, truth, it might end up like the Firefly game where I get really excited about this sci-fi property that I love and I go see the game and I think it's awful. <laughs> that was me in Firefly. But it made me want to go look at it further and that's why I think it's on the list. However, IDW, again, like I said, there are two of them and this one hits close to home. Quite frankly, if the price isn't ridiculous, even if this is just an okay game, I will want to own it. Because of my lineage, because it is in my blood, IDW announced that they bought The Godfather IP. And they're making a card game.
1: Well, they're making a
0: mafia game. Yes, they are. It is The Godfather. And I'm super excited about this. (laughs) Well, and you
1: have good reason to be. Because of course werewolf has been the anti has been upped on Werewolf by One Night Werewolf from Bezier. And if this can
0: do the same, it's gonna be huge. Right. I mean the the genre is crazy with stuff. I mean, you do have Ultimate Werewolf, One Night Werewolf, you've got the resistance and I'll tell you this is the granddaddy. People I'll tell you what, never, yeah. I've
1: never ever 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 played a game ever. Remember playing Mafia when they went to camp?
0: Before I even got into board gaming as a hobby, I was a summer camp counselor and they said, "Hey Mike, have you ever played a game called Mafia because we love to run it with the kids?" I said, "I've never played this a day in my life." And I think I played it 3 hours from that moment. Like like I sat down and I just played over and over again with a group of my buddies and the fact that I could do even something similar. I mean, obviously, I'm hoping for innovation. I don't want it just to be, this is Mafia, sure. but here's Don right. Corleone. I don't want that. But if they can add anything to that that general frame, um, I to give you a, a, a small insight into this, to this day, my father and I will call each other on the phone if the Godfather is on television. <laughs> Okay, didn't know this. My mother hears the the Godfather theme in her sleep and is pained by it because my dad will stop anything to watch The Godfather. I have seen this in multiple versions. I have seen I have played every video game that came out about The Godfather. This is in my blood. This is this is one of the first real movies that I remember sitting down with my dad and being super excited about and you can Question my father's parenting that he would watch this horribly (laughs) awful movie with his child. That's another show. But that's another show. But it... it, Oh, my goodness. The fact that I can play a game in that world... I'm super excited, and I hope it doesn't suck. That's basically the short version.
1: (laughs) There you go. That's the TLDR right right
0: there. What about you, Luke? What's your three?
1: Well, speaking of beloved childhood movies... Uh, my number three is kind of a combo piece of news. First, uh, the actual news is that Wave 2 of Armada was released... Uh, well, wasn't released. was was uh, shown at uh, Gamma. So Fantasy Flight's second wave of expansions for Armada. Yes, I know people. I just got it today. I don't care. I'm going to love it, period. Okay? That's how it's going to be. Um... <laughs> And it is amazing. Imperial star destroyers, Mon Cal cruisers, fighters that uh, are that represent twelve different heroes and villains, including Slave One, the Millennium Falcon, and all kinds of goodness. Great, great stuff. But that's cool. But there is much bigger news that came from uh, Fantasy Flight, and that is that they have they have secured the ongoing license for the Star Wars franchise, including any new creations.
0: I'm actually surprised this is number three for you. I thought (laughs) this would be much higher. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) The fact that we know that this super beloved franchise that I have real hope for. Now, don't get me wrong. I had hope for it last time, too. But this time I have bigger hope. I have more mature hope I have hope, knowing what Pain is, I have hoped for this series, and now I know that it is in the hands of an incredible game company, with a huge amount of resources to put toward these games. Uh, I have not played Imperial Assault. Again, we've talked about on the show why. I don't really have a group to play that with. But I love the role-playing game. I am, love X-Wing. I'm just getting into Armada. I know people who are just over the moon about Imperial Assault. So this is an incredible thing for me.
0: All right, let, let's keep it going on you. What, what's your number two?
1: My number two is Godfather.
0: <laughs>
1: now, I, I do want to add one thing to the conversation, though. You mentioned, well, I hope it's got some kind of development to it. Right. And I do, too. Of course. But let's think about it for a sec in terms of what, what is Mafia No, there's probably a boxed version of Mafia out there somewhere but for the most part Mafia is a game that is run in very specific environments notably camp camp or conventions those are the places where Mafia is most often played and the reason why is because there has to be that one dude
0: <laughs> that's true
1: who is you who can run the game. What is it called? The narrator. The narrator. Who can narrate the game. And that is, without that person, who can kind of organize the game, and give the game flow, the game sucks. Right? And so there's the one guy who's been a camp counselor for a long time, or whatever, who knows how to do that, and then you can play the game. If they can bring this in, so that people can have access to the game outside of those environments more people can learn the game i think that's a great thing just by itself
0: yeah i would agree it it definitely is a game the, the same goes for werewolf cuz i mean they're essentially the same game just with different pieces right the the lack of a solid narrator will change the experience i think i think with an uh, even an unpracticed narrator not necessarily a bad narrator but somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and knows how to Weave the game together. It it's okay. It's it's not a bad experience, but it, it lacks something. But it, so
1: if the box version of this game can provide for that, right? That I think would be good enough. Yeah. Now don't get me wrong. I want them to expand. I want them to do more. But if they can just provide that basic narrative ability, I uh, I think that'll be good enough.
0: Yeah. I will definitely be keeping an eye on it. Pretty much regardless. And if it's
1: 20 bucks, 25 bucks, it's going to sell like hotcakes.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my goodness. I Yeah. Bar none, if it comes out before Christmas of this year, I'm putting it under my dad's Christmas tree, even if it's not mine.
1: Nice. All right, so what is your number two?
0: My number two, technically, is a game that has been mentioned. It is a game that has been announced. It has been a game that has been worked on for ages. It is a game called Seafall. Okay, Seafall is I didn't know this at first but apparently Plaid Hat is putting out Seafall which they are. makes me even more excited than I was before Seafall is a legacy game in which you are all pirates exploring the seas and what you find and where you put stuff and, and how you go about the business of being a pirate carries over game to game I have always been fascinated by the legacy system but i i've never i've never been a big fan of risk and so i never got into that i know they just came out with pandemic legacy but that right. didn't thrill me either you throw pirates into this mix and i'm super excited and the reason i'm bringing this up now even though like i said it's been mentioned before is that at gamma they showed the box art they were right. carrying around the kind of mock-up of what the box is going to look like. Now, you might think to yourself, that's not a big deal, it's just an empty box. I'm going to tell you that that's one step closer to it being real. And that makes me happy. It gets me excited because I'm pretty confident that we'll be seeing it sooner rather than later and I I want to be playing this game.
1: Very cool. I don't know much about the game other than what you just said. I kind of know... What it is, I know everybody's very excited about it. I know it's flat hat, and uh, so that's kind of good enough, you know.
0: Yeah. All right. Who wants to go first with number one?
1: I, I'll go first for number one. Okay. Um, my number one is okay. This is this one is a moonshot for sure. All right, and you're going to be surprised because it's a Kickstarter. Okay. This is a Kickstarter by a company called Calliope Games. They're calling the Titans of Gaming.
0: Yeah, Golibe makes good stuff, and then they brought all these crazy, amazing people together.
1: So what they have done is they've brought together 12 of the best game designers in the industry. People like Richard Garfield. People like... I can't even remember. And what they're going to do is they're going to have each one of these people create, specifically, a gateway game. So a very accessible game... They have very uh, strict criteria in which the game has to be able to play in X amount of time. It has to be able to play for somebody who's eight years old or older. I mean, it's very specific about being gateway games. And you know how important I think gateway games are. Absolutely. And they're going to be releasing three of these a year for the next four years. Now, so I'm watching them do this presentation. I'm excited. I want to know get to how they're going to do the kickstarter when they got to how they were going to do the kickstarter they kind of won me over so here are the options for the kickstarter actually i don't think it's even going yet it's uh, it wasn't at least as of two days ago but basically there's going to be three tiers first tier give a buck and yay thank you
0: the the typical hey i want to give you money but i don't need a thing level it's a tip
1: right the next is, I think, 20 or 25 dollars, and basically, every time you give 25 dollars, you are saying, "I want a game." You don't say which game? Of course, we don't even know what the games are. You're just buying the right to claim a game at some point in the future. OK? The third is, I forget, somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 bucks, you get all the games. You get 12 games. So that's eleven bucks a piece for the games, but they will straight up tell you we have no idea whether this is going to work.
0: <laughs> At least this is...
1: honest. No, you know what? That's how Kickstarter was back in the day. Right. It was like we needed startup capital, so if you're willing to be an angel investor on this thing, we will. Thank you for your money. We will try to make this thing happen. If it does happen, you're going to get everything on the cheap. You're going to get massive rewards if it happens. But we don't know. you know. So it's not like, okay, well, what's 12 times 25? Uh, 300 bucks. It's not like you're paying 300 bucks. You're trying to buy each one of these games. No, this goes back to the original idea of Kickstarter. Like, kick in something so we have enough startup capital to get this thing going. Once we get it going, it'll roll, and you'll get everything that comes. And if it totally fails, well, sorry, it totally fails. If it succeeds, you got everything.
0: I think that's refreshing! Now, now, my only question is, do they tell you what these games are? We have no idea what the games are yet. See, that, I don't know about that. Like, See, I... but
1: to me, it's, you know who the designers are, you know what kind of the fact that it's going to be a gateway game that's it's going to be super accessible in some ways you got to say hey these are artists who are saying we want to create some art this is going to be the general nature of the art
0: will you hook us up and i'm cool with that i like that idea it is it is true that because of the fact that they're going with you know not to objectify them but known quantities they're not, you know, getting random dude on the street. I, I do think that there is more leeway with that. I, I do think that it's, it's a hard sell for me to go for that last level.
1: I no doubt that it's a hard sell. Uh, but, you know what? I, I, I respect what they're doing. I respect the fact that they're saying, we're not trying to use Kickstarter as a store. We're trying to say we want to do this thing. It'd be impossible to do otherwise. And will you help us make it possible?
0: It's getting away. It's getting away from the model of we need to get this so that production can roll on this thing that we're already doing and goes back to the whole idea of it's either this or nothing.
1: Yeah. So this is and actually I I did look at it now. It is actually uh up as a kickstarter so you can check that out let me just kind of go through some of the designers or well some of the games that the designers have created uh along the way so we've got uh betrayal at house on the hill heroescape not too bad risk legacy well you decided you didn't like risk
0: oh dice masters couriers Hello. The same guy who's who made Risk Legacy, Rob Davio, he's the same guy who's doing Seafall. Like it's right. his baby, so
1: Let's see. Kill Doctor Lucky, a game that I know you like. I do. Oh, hi, Magic. Yeah, Richard Garfield. <laughs> King of Tokyo, Netrunner, Quarriers, XCOM, Dice Masters, Battletech, uh, Shadowruns, Pirates of the Spanish Main. Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. These guys can make games, yeah. And we do, by the way, now have a little bit of information on what the first three games are going to be. So, yeah, this is this is again, like I said, it's a moonshot, but it's uh, it's cool. You know, I, I think it's something I'm I'm willing to consider and. Uh, I'll definitely chip in something. Uh, I will look closer at the rewards and the experience and whatnot before I decide how I'm going to do it. But this, to me, was so outside the box that it had to be my number one. So, Mike, what was your number one?
0: The crown jewel in the things I like that, are, that will be becoming board games in the future. It was hard for me to come up with something in this category that would trump The Godfather because it had such a special place in my heart. I will say, however, that the good people at Steve Jackson Games have come through for me. So there's an internet meme of Fry from Futurama holding a fistful of dollars. and just says, shut up and take my money. Uh, This meme is applied to things that it doesn't even matter if it's good. It doesn't even matter if it's, you know worth the money you're gonna yeah you're just gonna give it anyway because you know you will because it's just that good um steve jackson games announced that they're gonna make a hellboy game
1: oh that's not what i was expecting
0: okay apparently we love the hellboy i i am i as of right now like the second we get done recording i'm gonna be posting darkest dungeons up on our youtube channel that is – done. it's not done by Mike McNola, the artist of Hellboy, but it might as well have been. I love the art style. I love those characters. Hellboy himself, man. Red is one of my favorite characters like in fiction. Uh, his whole storyline of the, the, the force of chaos that was supposed to destroy the world ends up saving it. He – I, one of my favorite characters ever and you're going to put him on a board game. And I will play that board game. I don't even care if it's like the Firefly game where I play it and it's it's a stretch and I it's not my type of game. I will learn to like it because I love <laughs> Hellboy that much. Sign me well, up for the BPRD. I'm good to go.
1: Well, there is was a ton of other news from Gamma, including uh, expansions to just about all of the greatness that is out there right now. However we need to to carve some time to talk about a couple of other stories that have happened since the last time we recorded and mike uh, i don't know how do you want to take this on do you want to start off with five tribes or do you want to start off with the big uh the big Monster monkey that we need to face. Here. Let's
0: go with Five Tribes because okay. that one's that one's easily approachable. That one, that one is relatively easy. Right. So
1: for those who don't know, and we have talked about Five Tribes several times on this show, uh, Five Tribes is a game. Doesn't matter what kind of game it is. What's important here is that it is set in the world of of the Arabian Nights. Okay. Uh, not specifically the story, but just the general idea of
0: the vibe of right a of kind, of a,
1: Nights. kind of kind of an early uh, Arabian Peninsula kind of a thing. Now one of the uh, figures, one of the uh, uh, mechanics in the game uh, uses slaves that are purchasable from the market historically accurate, well within the theme and yet there was some rumbling about uh, the fact that there are slaves in this game. Initially, Days of Wonder, right? Yes. Yeah, initially, Days of Wonder kind of said, hey, well, you know what, it's just a game, and it was part of the theme, and it's fine. They have since changed their mind, and have replaced slaves in the game, or at least in future printings, with uh, essentially snake charmers, which... I thought was funny because that could be just as racist and terrible as anything, but hey, whatever. And so they have bowed to pressure and changed it. Mike, tell me, good, bad, indifferent, what do you think?
0: I, I think... I don't mind it. Now, I, I'm the first person to say that I don't care that it's in it's in the game. Because of the fact that you're setting it in a specific themed setting. Like, it's not... Like saying, yay, this is awesome, this is wonderful, we should make this a part of our life today. It's not expounding on the glories of it. It's saying, in this day and age, in this time in which we have set our story, this was a thing. So I don't mind it being there. At the same point, I also don't think that there's a problem with changing it. And here's the big deal. Normally I'm the first person that says... You know, it's historically accurate. If you were to take it away, you're somehow taking away a piece of that history, and that's wrong. And I would stand up and say that's wrong and fight against it, because people need to know. Then I realized something. This is a game where there are genies.
1: Right. It's not significant.
0: This is a game... That you know, if you really wanted to go for historical accuracy, this is also saying that one in five people is an assassin. <laughs> Which, if you're claiming historical accuracy, is also not that great for people. I'm pretty confident people would be upset if you say that one in five people in this land is an assassin. <laughs> so, in you know, quite frankly. I was fine with it being there, but I have no problem with them making this change, especially because they're providing for the people who already have the game and and want to make that change. They're saying, hey, you want to change it up? Fine, here are these cards. Here are these people. If you don't mind, if you bought one of the original boxes and you don't care, you don't need to get anything else. You're fine. And I I, I think it's okay. I think it's, It was a controversial thing, but I think they handled it pretty well overall. What what do you think?
1: I think in terms of the company, fine. That's great. I think in terms of the controversy, this is people digging a little bit too hard for controversy. I think this is just whining. Now, you might say, well, you you were never enslaved. No, but I, I, I actually... I'm Indian, so the snake charmer that... uh, Right. (laughs) ...that replaced it, uh, well, I could be saying, like, hey, that is really... uh, First off, there were never snake charmers, okay? That was not my people, okay? Yeah, so I could have that conversation, but it's ridiculous. It's a board game. And it's an incredibly ancillary mechanic in a board game. It's not even one of the primary figures in the game. This is, to me looking for trouble and it's just, it's it makes me a little bit sad that we're in a, a world where people are looking for trouble and the people who are looking for trouble have such a voice that it can actually enact change that said again do i care not really not all that much now that being said our next
0: controversy let's get to the to the elephant ooh, in the room ooh, go for it mike Oh, thank you, thank you so much <laughs> for putting this one on me. I, I believe that since I described the last one, I think it's only fair that that you are the one to bring up this one. Um, All
1: right. So recently, in the state of Indiana, a law was passed, uh, and the law was uh, it was something along the lines of religious rights. Basically, here is what the law says: that the government can't do anything to impinge on the rights of someone's freedom of religion. Now, on the surface, one, that law should not be necessary because it's in the Constitution, and two, why is this a big deal? Well, it is a big deal because there's part of the population, they're probably accurate, who believe that this law was enacted specifically so that people can discriminate, I guess, against homosexuals. Because of that, a lot of people have responded negatively to the state of Indiana. Well, in the state of Indianapolis, Indiana is a city called Indianapolis. And in the city of Indianapolis, there are many conventions, including one of significance to us. Gen Con. Gen Con. And Gen Con went all angry and said, we're out of here. And so did several other businesses and whatnot, uh, in an attempt to exert some economic pressure to get this law, what, probably overturned. Now, that's the controversy. Is it right? Is it wrong? Here we go. I've got some things to say. I'm sure you've got some things to say, Mike. How do we want to go at this?
0: Well, I... There's so many ways to go about this. The problem with with this whole scenario is that we are on the Internet. And one thing that I can't stand... Regardless of, of this particular issue, we'll get to that. But one thing that I can't stand about the way this whole thing has gone down is that it has broken down into what so many things do when they hit the web is there is no discussion, there is right. no talking, there there is no humanity at this point.
1: There's no logic, there's no information,
0: it's just... It is rage on both sides and either information, misinformation, lack of information. There is, it it is just rage and seething and yelling and gah. So let me take a stab
1: at this in a intelligent, calm way. Let's please do. So I want to come at this uh, from two directions.
0: As as we should.
1: From a religious direction and from a practical direction. Uh, A religious direction, and we'll call it an American direction. Yes, (laughs) let's. um, And we know there are people out of the country who listen to this and are probably chuckling. Good for you. Um, So first, from a Christian perspective, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. One, I don't think that unless you're an actual religious organization – I don't think you should have any rights above and beyond everybody else. Right. That being said, let's imagine you're a Christian business owner in the state of Indiana. Because this is who this applies to, this law. Well, you're going to have potentially homosexuals in one of two ways in your business. One is as a customer. And if you want to turn down a customer... You're a moron who's going to go out of business. Yeah. Fine. Two, as an employee. Now, to me, it seems like the Christian response to all of our employees is to want the best for them. To provide them with the best income, the best health care, the best work experience you can possibly do. And if you are deciding, based on somebody's anything, whether or not you're going to treat them well, you need to take a closer look at your Christianity. Because I tell you what, you're doing it wrong. Right. That being said, let's look at this from the perspective of an American. First off, folks, it was not the poor governor's fault. Yes, he signed the law, but they have this thing called the legislature. Guess what? You've got one in your state, too. They make the laws. Okay? Guess what? Legislators are voted on by the populace. They make the laws. Governors voted on by the populace. He signs the laws. This is not some dude going you know off on his own to on his own little crusade okay that's just not the way the law works the second thing is i think this law is probably going to get destroyed in court so does it really matter that much i don't know but here's the the thing i actually think folks As Americans, the freedom to say, I don't like you, is fundamental for who we are. You know, we have the right of association. We can hang out with whoever we want to hang out with. And that has been diminished a little bit in this country because of uh, the Equal Rights Amendment. But the idea that we are able to say, We have so much freedom in this country that you can do something that is abhorrent to me is what it makes us Americans. Of course, we don't believe that anymore. We think that everybody ought to be nice to everybody and accept everything, but that's not freedom. So those kind of my takes on it. I think the whole thing is silly. I think the response to it is way overblown. I think it's foolish in terms of business. I don't think the law was necessary. I think we already have constitutional protection on this front. Uh, I think that the, the state of our social interactions has degraded so badly that this kind of thing could happen. Uh, it's just an ugly, ugly mess. That's my thought.
0: Well, I, I do have some, some definite similarities in the way I, I'm kind of coming at this. Uh, I do think that people need to have the right to run their business how they want. I think they have a right to speak up for the things they want to speak up for and put down the things they want to put down. It's, I mean, I I hate to to bring up this argument because everybody brings up this argument, but the reason everybody brings it up is because it makes sense. I have witnessed uh, KKK rallies on you know parks and everything not that far from here. I've seen that happen. Westboro Baptist is allowed to picket things. These people chill me to my core, and I don't want them to talk.
1: But I don't want, you don't want them to be silenced.
0: Right. I have to let them. That's I what freedom does. So I do want something that protects the ability to do that. And I'd love to say that we could point to the Constitution, but we're talking about this law because there you go. Right.
1: Well, that's a whole other discussion. That's a
0: whole other discussion that is not even kind of about what we're talking about here. There's the idea of targeting. And here's here's where I mean by that. Both sides of this contain individuals who feel attacked. And whether they are being attacked or not is kind of not even the thing anymore. They feel like they're being attacked. And... That's causing this bile to build up. When this law is written, whether this was the intention or not, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I want to say that these people who put this law together were not trying to be bigoted jerks. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give them that. But it feels like it from a people who have been trying so hard to be seen as human by a large portion of the country they feel like this is an attack that says you are somehow not as valuable and not as valid as us on the other side, the people who who want to make a stand for the right to stand up, especially in this case, you know, I have the right to stand up and proclaim my faith and be part of my faith. They've been feeling a lot of pressure lately. They're, Whether it's concocted by the media or real, I know people who have felt real pressure. I also know people who who legitimately have no claim to anything even kind of persecution-esque, but they feel like they're being persecuted. And they feel like they're getting beat up. So when they feel like they're getting beat up, they puff out the chest and say, all right, bring it.
1: Right. Right. And I think you, you've hit on a huge point right there. Uh, we we deal with a, a very similar topic in California. Gay marriage has been gone back and forth and back and forth in the state. And uh, to the point where it's been on ballots. And surprisingly, to most, failed on the ballot. Now, I'm going to say this, and it's going to be really unpopular. And I apologize for it.
0: It's the controversy episode. You got to do it. (laughs)
1: Um, And I I want you to understand, listeners, that what I'm saying here is not coming out of a philosophical point of view. It's just coming out of a really practical point of view. Okay? Most people could care less what your sexuality is. They don't care a lick. Go do whatever you want. However, if you're going to make it a public issue... If you're going to push it out there and force people to make a choice, well, then they're going to make the choice and you might not like it. So what, to me, the wise choice is to just back off because nobody cares. They're, they're going to, I mean, yeah, there's going to be a small portion of the population that is aggressively bigoted. Well, guess what? There's always a small portion of the population that's gr- aggressively bigoted. The vast majority of your friends and neighbors don't care what you do. They're your friends and neighbors. And they're... You can do whatever you want. They, they, it doesn't bother them. However, if you push that forward and make it an issue, like you said, people will say, all right, well, if you want to have this conversation you want to have this fight, let's do it. Let's have it and
0: you know you just don't want to keep poking the bear the the thing that that I'm I'm coming from with this is the fact that there there is no humanity anymore i mean i already said it but for a lot of people that are feeling this pain that are bringing this up that want to bring this fight it's because of the fact that they feel like they need to and they feel like it's something that is is something that they need to do or else they'll have everything taken from them and yeah there will be people who take that to an extreme there will be people who everything is a problem everything is a trigger everything is an issue and i'm not talking about them they'll if this dies down they'll find something else those are not the people that always come to my mind when I think about this issue. The people that I think about are, like, buddies of mine. The, the people who I know who have, to, have had to deal with a ton of stuff. The kind of people who I've had to counsel because of the stuff that has happened to them, because of the things that people have said to them, because of people they know and care about have said to them. The big thing for me is is not about it's not even about this law, because like I said, I do think that people need to have the right to be and do and say what they want. And as was was brought up to my attention when I first said I'm not a fan of this law, the market can fix itself. If if this guy says I'm not, I you know I'm not partial to to having, you know, those people, and I try to, you know, intonate air air quotes on that. I don't want those people in my store, then that store will fail. It, It will. Because the market will do that. But I don't like the fact that a whole group of people have been made to feel not human. And yeah, we can talk philosophically about the fact that that they will have all the rights you know they do have all that. and and that on the practical day-to-day level yeah there will be people who love them and care about them and will not care whether they're you know you know anything that you do have those people who who follow that understanding that there is no difference between race creed gender sexuality any of that stuff that there those people will be there for you but I don't like the idea that there are people who are uncomfortable existing in certain areas. And if it was just one dude, if 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 this was still going down to that one baker who refused to bake a wedding cake, I'd say get over yourself. This it's just one person being a jerk. But I've seen I've seen people so hurt by an almost systematic distaste for who they are. And I'm intentionally not talking about the, whether it's sinful or not, because people have been having that debate for ages. And you know what, if you, if, if here's the deal, I'm at Gen Con this year. If you want me to talk about that with you, I will. And we'll talk about it then. And I'll tell you exactly what I'll tell you now. I'll give you the, the preview I'll come down on your sin the second I stop sinning myself, the second that I don't have just as much, if not more, than you do, that I require Jesus to forgive me, that I have been forgiven of, that's the second I'll come down on anyone else. And. I I, I said this on my Facebook, but my Facebook is only, you know, unless you're friends with me. And by the way, you totally can be friends with me on Facebook. I wanted to say this. Individually, there are churches and there are people, whether they think it's sinful or not to be gay, who will love you and care about you and treat you well and kindly. Systematically, we've done a crap job of being the church in this situation. Systematically, we as a people have done a terrible job of showing you guys love. I have, I have been eternally changed by Christ. Anybody who, who is a Christian has that about them. I am, I am screwed up, jacked up, and broken. And without him, I would be lost. That's the short of it, and and so I I want to apologize. I could you know say I'm one of the good ones, but that that's meaningless. I'm speaking as a guy who claims Christ. I'm speaking as a guy who has who has knelt at the feet of Jesus and said, Lord, I suck at this. I need help and who has received it. It doesn't make me better than anyone. In fact, I can make a scriptural argument that because of the fact that I claim to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm held double accountable. So every sin that I've committed is twice the hurt to my God. That being said, I don't like this law. I do think it was established to bully people. But I'm not in Indiana, and I'm not voting for it. And I think it's right that Gen Con has the ability to say, screw you, we're done. Just like every Christian organization I've ever known, ever. When they get upset about some organization making some rule or some organization putting something together that they don't like, says, screw you, I'm done. Gen Con has every right to do that. I'm just asking the church to be cognizant of the fact that we are all sinners, to be cognizant of the fact that it's not us and them. We are all of us in need of a savior. Some of us have just been fortunate enough to have met him already. And I would rather deal with a thousand awkward moments to have one moment with somebody doesn't know Christ, regardless of who they are, what they look like, or who they're attracted to. I want that moment where I can explain to them, dude, let me tell you about this Jesus that I know. Let me tell you about what he's done, what he continues to do, and how my life has been forever changed by him. And I don't want that, I don't want this This stupid law to be something that would tarnish those moments. I don't want that law to be the reason why somebody who may have been open to hearing about God stops. I don't want that to be the reason that in someone's mind, Christianity is associated with hate. I don't like this law it is the law and i think that something like it is valid but i don't care about the legality and quite frankly there there's rumors i don't even know if it's true or not because the the crazy news cycle about this whole thing has been up down left right and half truths and whole lies there, supposedly there are already signs up that say gay people aren't welcome and when I'm at Gen Con I won't go there if there's somebody that says gay people aren't welcome here then you're not welcoming me either I don't care if you're my brother or sister in Christ I won't shop there
1: well like you are going to be at Gen Con this year and it is going to still be in Indianapolis this year that's not something they can change this quickly They've
0: they've made a formal announcement by this point that they will honor their contract. They will be there till twenty twenty.
1: Correct. And so you're gonna you you'll literally be on the front lines. And we want to invite anyone uh, who is listening to this show, for or against. I'm not going to even say for or against what. <laughs> yeah. If if you've got an opinion, and you want to talk. If you want to come yell at us.
0: If you want to explain to me that Firefly is a legitimate game that's full of wonder and awesomeness.
1: (laughs) Stop by. (laughs) And uh, in the meantime, if you don't want to wait that long, that is perfectly fine too. You can go to inroadsministries.com, find out what we're doing, get connected with us. Uh, And of course, we want to remind you that episode 100 is coming soon. And we are looking for submissions from you guys.
0: Just uh, We just got an awesome letter today, I'm super, it was so it was so awesome to hear about this guy who really felt like gaming was going to be part of his ministry now because he heard us, and that, that just is awesome to me.
1: Yeah, so you can send audio, you can send text, you can, I don't know, send a picture. I, I have no idea. The picture's not going to really work. It's kind of but...
0: hard to talk about a picture on a podcast. It is.
1: I mean, we, you know, they say it's worth a thousand words, and we don't have enough time to t- say a thousand words. So, uh, send audio, send text. Uh, we want you to be involved in this episode. We want you to be involved in the ministry. So definitely uh,
0: come check us out. Mike, do you got anything else for the crowd? Uh, like I said, I'm literally just, after this after this recording, so long before this goes live, I'm going to be posting up the first episode of me playing Darkest Dungeons, Uh, This first one is about explaining the world and just playing through the first dungeon. Uh, It's going well, and I'm surprised, and I can't wait for it to all fall apart and for you guys to make (laughs) comments laughing about me and about the way that I'm pseudo-cursing as traps go off in my face and awful things happen and my people die.
1: Well, fudge and poop and darn. I'm going to bust
0: out all the Christianese swear words. (laughs) All right, guys. (laughs)
1: So on that lovely note We want to remind you That God is a game master And no matter how the dice fall The game plays on